Hey girls, Maria Menounos here, author of the Every Girl's Guide to Life. Want to know my best tips and secrets for organization, travel, weight loss, beauty, fashion, and everything else in between? Go to bing.com slash Maria and pick up my new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Life. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for the killing. Tonight's host is Paul Ashton. Joining Paul will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Katie Page and Catherine Tulick. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest The Killing news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, Paul Ashton! Thank you very much, Sir Richard Wentworth. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to AfterBuzz TV for The Killing, Season 1, Episode 8, entitled Stonewalled. I'm Paul Ashton. Hi to you out there in Ustream land, and hello to all our podcasters. I'm here tonight with Katie Page, uh, the one, the only, and of course, DJ Jess over in the Perspex booth. Um, thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, before we get right into it, of course, just remember, Marie Menounos, Every Girl's Guide to Life, out there in the bookstores right now, top 10 New York Times bestseller. Uh, need we say more? Um, we also wanted to, uh, before we get stuck into it, uh, have a word to you about After Buzz TV because we, we do all these podcasts and these uh, streams every week and we haven't always said a whole lot about, about the way it works. Um, because we're a relatively new media platform, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But the main, the main thing to know is that uh, we're all here on our own time. We're all here because we just love to do it. Uh, Kevin, Maria, Phil, and, and, and Jess are all here, just have, have set it all up, and everyone comes in and donates their time. Um, and all we ask for those of you out there listening or watching in Ustream land is just to, is to tell all your friends about AfterBuzz TV, forward on the links um, for the AfterBuzz. It's, you know, Ustream.tv slash TV. Um, host us on your, your Facebook page, um, send the links around, let everyone else know that we're here. If you enjoy the shows and the podcast, tell them that you can find us on iTunes, etc., um, and, and spread the good word because, uh, the more the merrier as far as we're concerned. Uh, anyway, let's get into, um, day eight of the killing, uh, Stonewalled was the title and it really did feel like everyone got Stonewalled tonight. The, it was a very, I felt like it was a very interior uh, episode that focused in on what was like really going on inside of our lead characters that like yep. we, the the case didn't really move on too far we no. got a couple of new clues but it was really kind of we're at episode eight of 13 so it's the you know we're just sort of past the midpoint it's a percolation period obviously we're we, we, we're about to start getting i think a lot more details of the case for that to start winding up but to, I, I felt like this was an amazingly structured episode 
at the beginning, there was like a Bunsen burner under everyone. Everyone was like simmering and losing control of their their grasp on their own reality. In the midpoint, just after the midpoint, two thirds of the way through, about where we are right now at episode eight, we had this strange kind of uh, bubble where mm. there, it was, all of a sudden we were talking about forgiveness in two different like story right. plots, and then all of a sudden actions were taken out the other side of this bubbling and everything kind of broke loose. Okay, before we get into that, okay. which I, I thought I was going to have a chance, but but that was Sorry, a that was, very long sentence. Yes, all um, five. <laughs> we did not talk about day seven. We were not here for day seven. We missed day seven. We missed day seven. I was so excited seven. to talk about day eight that I, I forgot about the so fact. So we'll do a real quick rundown of day seven. Thank you. So again, uh, Sarah missed her flight again. I just lost myself. In my ear. Don't worry about I that. I keep touching the yeah, thing. Yeah, don't touch it. Just keep um, talking because we can hear you. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, Sarah missed her flight again, um, and this this apparently was the final straw for Rick because he's not he's now not answering the phone. We saw this continue into day eight, but even in day seven, he wasn't answering his phone, um, and she appeared to have missed the flight. It seemed like the wedding was imminent. If I don't know if you well, there was got something coming on the Sunday. It was like a family gathering. Right, there was something. Yeah, that they like were, an, it was a big barbecue that they were all supposed to go to. Right, and that she was going to make. She really wanted to make, and uh, then they missed. They just missed boarding the flight. They actually right. got there, but right, they it. got there. They missed boarding the flight, and um, and Jack seems to be a good sport about all this. But as we'll find out in, in episode eight, that he's being more affected. Has been more affected by all of this than you know. Yeah, I mean, he got think. to go to a party he wanted to go to. Right. so that was kind of good right. for him. But Reggie did sit Sarah down in the last episode yes. and sort of say, "You have to think about what you're doing. Your kid here. You're going. You're not going. You care about this person. Maybe you don't care. I mean, what does he think? He's looking at. It. He's just a kid. If you yeah. wanted to go, you'd be there. And interesting that one of Jack's earliest quotes tonight, just to because the time's right to mention yeah. it, he said, "Let let me guess. He kind of knows you don't really want to go." Too. Right, right. Kids are very uh, astute in that way. The other thing that happened was that the um, mayor cut funding for the Seattle All-Stars, and Darren made a very, very uh, passionate speech to all of them that was essentially like, look, I'm going to make a final plea just to show you guys how much I care, but I also know you're all dicks and you're going to cut the funding anyway. Yes, which they so did. they froze the assets is what yep. they did. Not cut funding, they froze as the assets. So for these 1,500 kids or so that count on this after-school program, right. um, so that they're not on the streets, so that they're not going home to bad houses maybe so that they're not going home where there are no parents whatever they're doing in this after school program it's really important obviously to the Seattle youth and important to Darren um, they're not going anymore because the funding's been cut yeah and the mayor was of course behind that right the mayor did it the mayor yeah. did it he called the entire meeting yeah. and, and messed he has with them. everyone so in that the, was in sort pocket. of as we'll see that was kind of a final straw for Darren he was not yeah. He's not having it this episode. Yes, yeah, so that, that's actually important to – that's really important to reference in terms of the way that he behaves in, in, this, episode. in, in this episode. There's a lot, yeah. yeah. There's a lot in terms of that Bunsen burner that you're talking yeah, about. There's yeah. sort of like he's boiling. There was a over. real shift in his in his journey today, tonight, yeah. a real shift. And we'll talk about that. The other thing that happened was uh, Mitch and uh, Stan had this sort of moment – um, where it looked like maybe they were going to have sex. Yeah, they were going to hook up. They were going to do the kind of the let's 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 ma ma make another one because we lost one or something, you know. Well, or whatever it was, whatever it was they were going to reconnect. I mean, and we have to remember it's only been day seven, so I don't think it's a week. It's been a week, right? In this in the in the seventh episode, and so they were going to reconnect and have you know and. In my mind, it, it had felt like it had been so long that I was sort of like rooting for them really hard. Yeah. And then like the kid gets in bed in the middle of them and I was like, God, that's so oh, awkward. Yeah. He yeah. needs you in the boner, whatever. So 
the kid <laughs> the kid ruined the moment but there was sort of a nice family little thing and then he goes to try it again later and Mitch Isn't is there. like can't do it yeah. she just cannot physically get to that whatever then um so then there's this whole thing where we find out about this character Muhammad having the key to Chrissy and Bennett's house and I know her name's not Chrissy Amber whatever it's Chrissy from Growing Pains right <laughs> Amber, <laughs> yeah. Amber, and I have Chrissy written all over everything. Like I can't, I can't get on board with her new name. I'm sorry. Oh well. Anyway, she can't lift anything. No, so, so there's no the, way that she could have been involved. The peeping Tom, yeah. not uh, neighbor thought, okay, maybe it was her, but no way she could have been involved. She informs them about this Muhammad character, so they go over to the uh, mosque, mosque um, because they get uh, she steals the Quran from their house. Yes. That should be that's illegal in some way. I'm don't, I don't know that Allah would be all that happy about it. Okay, well, we won't get into it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to commit any mortal sins myself. Here's what I don't understand. I should be careful though. what I say. Yeah, no one, no one notices potentially that she's stolen this thing from their house. She yeah. just walks out with the Quran, uh, finds the address of the mosque, goes there with uh, Holder. They get an anonymous tip. So they go over to this meatpacking place, which the entire thing is just so eerie, right? Mm. Like, how bad was the suspense in that? And it was like nothing was happening, but everything was happening. But there are meat hooks everywhere. You put oh. meat hooks up everywhere and things start getting tense. Yeah, and it was I like find. they had these enormous... It wasn't even one of those things where they always... You know how you notice on crime shows, like, there's never a light anywhere and they always have to use their flashlights? Yes. Like, just constantly, like, turn on the light. Like, yeah. there's no reason. But in this, there were. There were fluorescent lights and the suspense was still, like... Like just suffocating yeah. to me. Then they knock the padlock off that door yeah. and go in, and they find, uh, and and then they're you know held up by the FBI, and that's where we we that's start where off. We said goodbye, and where we said hello right. to, tonight, and and so let's let's to like day, day eight. Yeah, let's enter at that point because we opened on like I mean this, this lovely kind of tilted perspective of of Sarah Lyndon lying on the ground, just taking. I mean you know, and you see what kind of a uh, just clocking everything, clocking everything in in the face of whatever's going on, and uh, you mm-hmm. can tell like. How how obs- like we really did see more of, of her obsession with her jo- with her work, you know, and 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 the various addictions that all of these people oh, have God, in, yeah, in and their lives, and and this is hers, and and she she clocks some things, and we that pink t shirt had to be important. It felt like that for, right from the start, mm-hmm. um, and it was eerie too, just seeing all eerie. those like child. Uh, Toys and and pink. Uh, well, girl yeah. Things. Im- immediately you start thinking, okay, what's it? What's a what? Are, what's what's what, what? What are the belongings of a child doing in a padlocked room inside a meat? Yeah, and there were hooks in that room too. I mean, it was just a yeah, very. It was like a refrigerator. So you feel like there's something extremely dodgy going on. Sure. Um, and so we. That's where we find out that this is now uh, the the focus of an FBI investigation um, involving terrorism. So, yeah. so a little bit disappointing for me, I have to say, because I, I was a little disappointed that they went that route only because, yes, it's very topical. Everyone's doing terrorist plots and right. whatnot. But I just, I loved the story the way it was, and I just... You feel I like wish... it overcomplicates it? It's not that it overcomplicates it. I just, I think it cheapens it. Like I was mm. loving the emotional. Or dilutes it. Yes, dilutes it dilutes it. it. Yeah. Yes, I love the emotional backstory. I love all the stuff that's going on. I love the idea that that not the I didn't love this idea, but it could happen, and it felt so realistic. And now it's like, ugh. Now they're linking it to this bigger terrorist plot, and it well, just feels I so feel, well, like. No, well, I, you see, I feel like, but but what didn't waver is Sarah Linden's focus on on, on the girl. On the girl. And I ultimately think that that is. I mean, my gut feeling. I know maybe proved wrong. Is that 
the uh, the series will ultimately go back there. I feel like this is more this is more distraction. This is more loud noise for the media uh, mm. with, within the story. And I, I, don't, I really don't feel like the ter- terrorism is going to have anything to do with the death and the mur- like the murder of Rosie yeah, Larson. Yeah, I just, I don't like, like we were saying, it felt like we were getting all these interior stories. Yeah. But it also felt like in the larger picture, there was this this jarring move to this other, like, mm. all of a sudden I'm trying to learn facts about a terrorist plot that I don't really care about because I don't want to know. I understand if it involves, like, trafficking girls or... yeah. There's some. Aspect There's something of that. with that. We're talking passports. Ahmed's on the phone, and he's and and maybe they're just trying to get. But it, it is true that Sarah is is continuing her focus. She's yeah. like it has and nothing the, to do with Rosie. And the other reason why it's va- why I think it's valuable is because is in terms of that polit- the political story, right? And and the way that it's going to feed into that, right. and and the way that it co- compromises Richmond even more and pushes him into the dirt even more. Right. In, um, but let let's just talk about um, you know let, let's start with Lyndon and Holder. Um, because they both had fascinating episodes, and we see Sarah losing control really in all in, in and for the first time losing control of the case. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that she hasn't been in total control steering the ship. Um, and part of it was like literally she lost control to the FBI. For, they, li- li- they actually took control of the case, and then part of it was that she just is losing herself. In it. She's losing herself in it, and and she also she loses control of some of her own evidence, like her her own evidence through the FBI, as we've just said, but also through the leak, which we of course the the red herring is that um, Holder's money that he's accepting that mm-hmm. he's doing something dodgy to make cash on the side by feeding stuff to the press. They they sewed that in just really seamlessly, right. and and Sarah was back back against the wall anyway because Rick's not calling her back, Mm-mm. his assistant. Has turned this is what up. I'm going to talk about. So, so her his Go. assistant Emmy, this character Emmy, we don't know anything about, obviously, but she's very passive aggressive on the phone. Wow. She says, "I felt like a sister to me. It felt like family, but de- you de- right. you definitely heard assistant." Yes, yes. I didn't think you'd be there on a sa- a Sunday. I think she's she's like I'm helping him organize files. Oh, uh, okay. So I, yeah. I had a feeling that, that it was sister. an, an yeah. assistant type yep. thing. You're right. Um, which I think is important if you want to just go into that whole well, who's this girl to him? Yeah, and stuff. But. I don't want to go there because here's where I want to go. She said very passive aggressively. She was like, uh, "Yeah, well, he's just been so busy since he's been planning this wedding alone." Yeah. Shut the. Yeah, who I are know. You? I know. That's that. That's very... a woman. That 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 is a that is a woman with investment in that man. Exactly. Right? So then, Sarah, and Sarah didn't bite. She just went, "Okay, I tell him I called." But mm. they planted this moment right at the top. N- not just the stuff with Rick. That's very important, obviously. But additionally, um, planted her at the computer looking yep. at Jack's stuff. Yep. And then calling in, saying, "Hey, it's okay. Send that, sh- send that stuff over to my computer so I can see it." Yeah. And looking through all the stuff on her home computer. Yeah. That's a very important plant that that neither of us picked up on the uh, relevance there. But no, but no, I didn't think of Jack at all. I wouldn't have. No, it was anyway. So. So but, there's but Holder, no, the money, the envelopes that were, and then her, and and because because you know like the FBI have come along when they've when they've broken in they've broken they've like they've broken and entered Holder right. and Lyndon. There's no warrant. No, and they've busted. They've I like kind it. Of, it's a little uh, it's a little renegade. They've they've compromised the integrity of an FBI 
Okay, or that. <laughs> um, there's that too. It's a little bit um, crazy, investigation. or it's uh, terribly illegal. Uh, it's, it's illegal. And so Oakes starts losing con- like favour with her as well. The, the boss, the, the superintendent, commandant, or whatever of the cops. Mm-hmm. He, for the first just time... Just call him a commandant. <laughs> whatever, it just came out. Uh, there's, there's plenty more offensive material coming out of this mouth in the next 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I wasn't trying uh, to suggest yes. that he was... Um, a Nazi. The propaganda master. Uh, uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, so after the photos are leaked, uh, Oaks loses kind of faith with her for the first time as well, mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, you're supposed to have been looking after Holder. You haven't. And you maybe haven't, you need you to move him. on. Maybe you need to let this go and go to California. He actually said, like, is. The yeah. beginnings of pushing her off the case altogether. Well, and and this is the this is I had written you know written about this because he asked her to leave, and at this point, she kind of has nowhere to go. Yeah, she doesn't know. She's in limbo. She doesn't have a house there. She's already sold it. That happened at the on day one. Yeah, uh, she doesn't have a house there. She's sort of living on this boat, Reggie's boat. Um, doesn't know if she can go to California. And the other important thing is that she she can't let go. She and you're seeing that little glimpse of whatever that seed was yeah. that got planted in her and that other case. In the, in that her case. Still, yeah. And I love, I love too. They're just they're just gonna drag this little piece out. It's been eight episodes and we haven't had more than an inkling of what this little idea yeah. is. And I am dying to, to know. know. But but I mean it was so it was it was really like they just they really pulled her in two directions tonight because because then, in the midst of all of this pressure on her, she uh, she gets a bit more renegade, mm. a bit more badass. She goes to the FBI. She snaps the photo. She gets Mitch to identify it. Right. So she knows she's got more evidence. Mm-hmm. So so that's going on. Mm-hmm. And then, as that's happening, she she's uh, the the photos have been leaked compromising the, you know, so which Mitch sees, and we'll talk about how that affects her a bit, a bit later on. And then this happens. This is exactly what I was about to talk about, where Mitch comes to her and has a crack at her for saying, how can you let this happen? And says, you've done nothing. I think she was she was being actually kind in that moment. Mitch? Yes. I mean, I think she was speaking to her stern words, obviously. She was sort of like, look, you've, uh, God, what did she say to her? She, I wish I had it written down because it was pretty um, but, intense. But it finished with you've done nothing. It finished with you've done nothing. And, when, and then what was interesting is that it, literally in the scene just before, and this happened a couple of times, this sort of repetition in the dialogue um, it, it, with other th- sort of th- thematically developed ideas, um, just before she'd been talking to Holder, saying... Go make yourself useful and do make, nothing. And do nothing. They were all, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the whole thing about... You know, Richmond at the same time is is about he is he has a, like they all feel like they haven't done enough, right? Right at this point, and we'll talk about how they all feel that in, in their own stories. Well, that's but, that's you know Stonewall. They're all kind of coming up against yeah. Right, you've got you've got you've got nothing, and so Lyndon finds herself in her car, ready to smoke a cigarette. Yes, and she is, and she's she's actually shown some severe emotion in this moment. Yeah, more than we've ever seen. You this know? is like, and I don't mean to bring up another show, but I don't know if anyone watches The Good Wife, but they had a character recently who has literally never cracked 
a, a a big smile or cry like no like extreme emotions mm. and she cried on the last episode and and this is what this feels like mm. like like you're seeing a chink in the armor a little bit and yeah. it's so uh, this was like this is like when Stan you know broke down in the right oh god I mean although he's he's far more brooding you know but yeah. but uh, much more emotional yeah than Sarah but so well he's also had more to be emotional about sure so sure. Sarah kind of is losing it in the car but but lo and behold she pulls that cigarette up to her mouth and what does she see instead she sees Holder doing another one of his shady dealing she thinks and so he gets in the car with a man we recognize yeah from who he who we picked as perhaps a potential sponsor and and we were we were uh we were i'm happy to say 100 correct in this case as um, um gill yeah gill who who was his sponsor and and uh sarah follows him to an na meeting where we find out he's just come up to six months clean mm-hmm and he tells this amazing story of the gold coin. Um, well, and he also says the key part before that, he says, uh, which which allows for that gold coin story to kind of sink in, yeah. is because it removes, literally in one sentence, he removes all suspicion that, that we had as, you know, following Sarah around, mm-hmm. um, where he says, you know, he's been holding my paycheck and he's been yes. just doling out as much as I need. So he's, yeah. he's... That's what all the money has been that he's been... All the exchanges yeah. and uh, the kind of shady stuff going on. Although to be fair, he's a cop. If he was going to do something that shady, he might have done it a little bit more, you know, discreetly. He was just like in in the street and stuff in a lot of those cases and she saw him. Yeah. But I did but he he does say to us uh and and but they do have that moment together at the end where we where which is where he says what you see is what you get. Right, well don't jump there yet. Sorry. So but so he's at the thing. So yeah. he's at the thing and yes. uh he says so he removes all suspicion by going, oh, and, um, you know, he's been holding my paycheck. And Sarah, you can see Sarah because she's watching now through this kind of frosted glass. And she's sort of like, Ugh. you know, like you can see her go, God, I'm an asshole. Yeah. And then number two, uh, then he tells that lovely story. Well, not lovely, but yeah. it is really moving about the stealing his his nephew's coin um, to pay for drugs. And I just thought when he looked up after telling that story and um and saw the back of Sarah and obviously recognized her. I just couldn't. Um, I couldn't help but feel like how devastating must that have been to I be mean, exposed. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Was he so exposed? And and in a way that must have just been like. First of all, he was, it was hard for him to tell that story. And then he thinks he's telling it to a bunch of people. First, his sponsor he trusts, and then a bunch of other people who are there anonymously. And all it's kind of like mutually assured destruction. Yeah. I'll keep your secret. Yeah. You keep mine. Yeah. And nobody. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Not to use a Cold War term, but they're all in the... But you did. Yeah, you went did ahead that. and did it. I'm a nerd. And um, and and then he turns and well, sees that and someone from down. his life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He turns and sees someone from his real life out there in the world where it's not safe and it's not safe to talk about those things. Yeah. And, and God, my heart just fell. Just yeah. imagining what that would have been like in that kind of... Yeah. You know, but such a such an important um, it was such an important scene in the structure of the whole episode. It was such an important scene in the structure of the whole series. It was such an important scene um, for the relationship between Sarah and um, and Holder. And we really see that if I if I can now Please. jump jump toward to to the end where uh, they they see each other. You know, Jack has ha- uh, Sarah and Jack have have had their fight, and we as we'll. I'll talk about this mm-hmm. at the end, but everyone's fighting at this point. But they, uh, in the midst of all that, they come together, and it in fact brings. It seems like it's brought them closer. Right, and he and um, and and so she sees that whole thing, and then she turns away to get the phone call. Um, and and what's amazing about that is how 
time kind of slowed down when he was doing his speech. They didn't cut away from him. They let him do that entire monologue just straight through. There weren't any cuts to other stuff going on coming back. Yep. He did that whole monologue straight through, and he did it as an actor. You know what I mean? There was no, like, producers, like, you know, commercial break here or yeah, speed yeah. this up here. It was just brilliant. Yeah, and they then, really gave it space. I really appreciated that. Yeah, and then it, it then it speeds up so quick right after that. Immediately yeah. she gets that phone call. Your son did whatever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's where everything sort of cuts loose. And at yes. the same time, I mean, whilst we're talking about it, um, that's at the same time the Richmond is in – uh, his parole hearing, and so uh, right. uh, the, with the uh, well, not his parole hearing, the right. parole hearing of the the woman who uh, killed his wife whilst he's, he's uh, drunk, drunk driving, <clears throat> and she's pleading. She's uh, the what's so amazing is is Holder f- finishes uh, one of his closing statements is that I hope they forgive me, but whether they they do or not, his sister and his nephew, it's none of my business. All that is my business is how I earn it from now on. It's right. all that I have control over. So we have all of these moments. She finds out Jack. Then commercial break, and when we come back, we see Tom and, uh, God, who's that little sn- Jamie, the assistant, mm-hmm. da- Darren's assistant, assistant is talking to Tom, their benefactor, that kind of, like, douchey younger guy who has a lot of money and wants Adams to lose. Yeah. Right, but it's important to talk about him because he's the one who brings that information to Darren right before he goes oh, to the parole hearing. Yeah, yeah. So then he goes to his parole hearing. This woman is talking about Lily, his wife, of course, and that's when he gets a little feisty. Yeah, yeah. So let's, I mean, we're, th- yeah, so... Richmond obviously is is comes into the beginning of the episode with a lot of a lot of vigor and he you know we see a, a renewed kind of passion and he's prepared to get a little bit dirty and get a little bit aggressive mm. but then of course because of these terrorist ter- terrorism links mm-hmm. that that uh, are appearing in the media he's nervous it's it's he, he's nervous so so Jamie goes on digging and we have that amazing scene earlier on in the in the episode at the ultimate fighting ring and right, I, I love I mean yeah 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 earlier in the episode which which has just the appropriate amount of dirt to it like it was a very you know it's a grimy fight club kind of venue yeah. and these two guys are, are are wrestling and I loved I loved his quote I hate when they grapple like a couple of bitches and um that, did he say bitches I thought he said girls. Uh, well, I wrote down bitches. So <laughs> apparently, Paul was getting a little bit so more that, feisty that, than other people. If if they said girls, it tells you something about what goes on in my mind. That's um, great. If they said bitches, it tells you something about the intensity of the writing. And Jamie's perfect in that scene too, because he just every time I see him, he leaves a bad taste in my mouth. He's getting slimier <laughs> he's and so slimier. Slimy. But that, uh, but I also that that the guy playing uh, the 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 millionaire sort of entrepreneur, super slimy also, slimy as well, and has has the the right amount of dirt and and of course this kind of that the fight is mirroring what where the where the politics is going yeah and we already know he hates adam so so immediately we know that this conversation is about okay we're gonna take adam down and i love how jamie's like we got this pi on it and like he's doing all this great stuff and we're gonna you know yeah, we have all this like, dirt and the guy's like you have nothing he's like no but we will we will <laughs> like, he's like i've got something and which then which then of course comes to richmond and so and then <clears throat> richmond says he'll think about it Right, right, right. But why, can we go back to Tom? Why spill now? He says, I have something that could ruin him. So if you hate him so much, you hate this project well, he's he said, developing. Well, he said, he, I've got scruples. I think perhaps he, wants to, he wanted to try and beat him fair. He wanted to try and beat him politically. Because so how, I mean, how much dirt does he, 
He's probably got an awful lot of dirt himself. Who knows what their relationship right, but is? But he said he had scruples. But why? Why are his? Why are they not? A, because now, now he there's he because Richmond has been such a pussy and is is has proved himself to be so weak so far. I think he feels like it's the last straw. I mean that's 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 what I'm interpreting it as. Right. I'm, maybe maybe they could it could have been more convincing. I'm not sure. I just sort of feel like he's had this information, and when when we find out what the information is, it's sort of like okay. You could have, you know, leaked that way earlier. Also, how come he's the only one that knows about this? Mm. You know? Well, you know, men with men with money. Sure. So anyway, he has this information. We don't know what it is. We don't find out what it is. We just hear Jamie, Gwen, and Darren talking about it. Gwen's adamant, we can't use this information. It's, you know, it's... And Darren wants to think about it. And it's dirty, and Darren wants to think about it. And Jamie is, you know, again... Um, pushing it. Pushing it. You're being too weak, et cetera. But so then he go. Darren goes to to the parole hearing uh, aforementioned and sits listening to this woman. And this scene comes right on the back of Holder's. In in fact, one of his last lines is about forgiveness, and her first line was about "I don't know if you can forgive me, or I hope you can forgive Again, me." Again, that little like uh, couplet. Of yeah, a cu- uh, and um, Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is. I guess. I mean, he uses he. <laughs> Shakespeare montages scenes together like that. There's, right. there's no doubt about it. So anyway, she's pleading for the forgiveness of the court and mm-hmm. the forgiveness of of uh, of Mr. Richmond, and he just sits there quietly and then goes off into a bathroom, checks that he's not being watched, which is a detail that I really appreciated, and then punches the mirror, and then we see him split into a hundred. Right. It was like, oh, how appropriate. The yeah. many faces of Darren Richmond this week. Because um, we are seeing a lot of different faces, and um, and when they do reveal that, in fact, he's been paying, so that the mayor, Adams, has been paying... Uh, so Darren, sorry. So after the after the parole hearing, yes, just the most interesting forgiveness line of that lady. Sorry, just to to go back a split second. Forgiveness is not naturally human. I, she said, "I don't think forgiveness is a naturally human thing to do, but I hope you can find it for me." <clears throat> he then goes and punches her. He then gets on the phone, no, punches, punches the, the mirror, the mirror <laughs> and says, "Send it out." Yeah, he gets on the call on the phone. He's super feisty. Uh, send the story out. So the story breaks. So what happened? Why? Why? Why did? Why? Because earlier on in this season, in the in the series, he has said, "I'll never like." She doesn't deserve forgiveness ever, and I will ne- and indicated that he would never forgive her. Like he was very adamant about that when he's discussed this issue, you know, in in previous episodes. And I just wonder what. What happened for him in that moment? I don't even know that it's necessarily about that woman. I think what happened in that in that moment with her is this feeling of because um, what it really is is about control in terms of him and uh, in terms of his campaign and in his relationship with Adams. This this element of control that goes back and forth: who's controlling the campaign, who's controlling the information and the facts and whatnot. And Adams has pulled the plug on this very important project to him. Mm-hmm. He goes into this thing and and sees this other part of his life where he completely lost control of of what of his fate, which yep. was that he lost his wife. And and is feeling really angry about it. And I think a bit like he wants to take um action. He's not gonna just roll over and let all these people walk over him again, including yeah. Adam. So he wants to take control back in his life and in his campaign, which is his life. I mean, you see that's all he has. Yeah. Um, that he's really passionate about. And um and in that sense, like Darren is a very forgivable character, you know. Oh, like, he is. I, I, I just wonder what effect 
his understanding of forgiveness in that moment right. was mm-hmm. and how because I'm sure and what the direct relationship was between that and, and his action. His action <clears throat> of like doing something super dirty that this I. person e. may never forgive yeah, him I, for. Yeah, I I did he go, I don't forgive you and you know, screw me screw being Mr. Nice Guy if I'm if I'm gonna be that, or did he go I forgive you, and I'm not going to be powerless in this anymore. I'm going to do what I need to do to take control. You know, because I, 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 I don't know. Both of those I sound see, good. I see, I see roots to both. Well, I think here's how where we find out they break that story: the fifteen hundred dollar apartment for the mistress, for right. Adam's mistress Janelle, and um, we see her getting hassled. We see her, and we see his doubt. And we, yeah, we don't see anything about Adam's reaction because the first thing they did is they went straight to this poor girl's house, mm. and then you see Darren's face, and that's what they show you for a solid, you know three seconds of just like right on his face and that's an interesting shot you know we were watching the news story and all of a sudden the news story is second hand to what we're seeing we're just on his hearing face. her hearing her being hounded her life being her life being right taken away from her in yeah, a way it's totally <clears throat> just torn and he there and he's watching it going I just did this yeah but I don't but know that then, I saw doubt on his face well I at that moment I I, I saw I, I saw I I think he's. I think he knew that. I think he's. I think he's just watching. Doubt what maybe the is the wrong was. word. I, well, I just. I just feel like there. Well, what, what I was gonna. I, I feel like there was a moment of him going, "Oh, oh God, what what have I done? Mm-hmm. Like, I, no, not like I shouldn't have done it, but just taking it in. Yeah. And and with maybe a little bit of old old Darren Richmond going. But then the Darren Richmond we see staring at the window with Gwen watching him in the very final montage. Mm-hmm. Is a different Darren Richmond. Right, There's a steel yeah. to it. There's a coldness that has come in with the with the uh, Seattle rain. Oh, beating. stop it! I knew you were going somewhere <laughs> weird. You got that look on your face. You're going to say something yeah. stupid. Mm. Um, no, I, I think <laughs> I think you're right though. There was an emotion playing across his face of like, what have I done to this girl's uh, life? But I think there's also. Um, but then I think he accepts it as necessary collateral. Necessary collateral, but I mean, also I think. He he has proven to be a pretty uh, honest person, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, um, to a fault maybe. Has Absolutely, been kind of yeah. his problem in terms of in as terms a politician, of politici- yeah, yeah, in terms of his career. Um, so I think you know, there's got to be part a part of him that kind of goes, well, she's sleeping with a married man, you know, like. Yep. Like you said, the collateral, it's kind of necessary damage. I'm sorry if I had to, like, tear your little world down, but your little world is kind of not super... Uh... Well, yeah, and I mean, a, a, a sort of a mistress being bankrolled in a $1,500, you know, pad, it doesn't compare to the... Where do they live that $1,500 is a lot for a one-bedroom apartment? Well, it looked like a three-story terrace, or two-story <laughs> at least. I know, right? I want to be like, um... Bump it up a little. Yeah, let's yeah. really give this story some juice. Yeah, you want me to be a mistress, like, and shut up about it? Let's really? give her some juice. Um, but you know, compared to the Seattle uh, to the program that he's just lost, well, there's no comparison. So, right. But it's you know, the, there there begins the slippery slope. So it will be interesting to see how far. Right, and he's he's that dirty information. Takes. The first thing is the dirty information. The second thing is going to be some new ad he wants to shoot. Remember mm. they were talking about that. Uh, yeah. And that's what they had gone to Tom for initially was yeah, to get to, money for the more, ad. More, more money. So, so that that was Darren's. That, that was Darren's then happened, side. and then finally the Lartons, um, who mm-hmm. in the same way are really we see them starting to implode more. Like 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 they've all had their moments of implosion as individuals. I felt like the family started to implode tonight. Well, I think it's just so fascinating because all these other things are going to move at a certain pace because it's day eight. But they've sort of they've brought the Larsons with them on this 
you know, for the te- television show. Yeah. I, I feel like there is a lot going on for day eight because because what Stan does in day eight. But Mitch takes, calls him on it. But Mitch calls him on it and says it's only been a week. Right. But that is about at minute like 55. She says it's only been a week. And that's after he's taken her room down and stuff. And I feel like the entire episode, you could have, you could have, if you didn't have written down on a piece of paper in front of you, like I did, day eight, mm. you could totally have lost yourself in the idea that it's been months and that this woman has kind of just lost it. Yeah. But it has been eight days. I mean, and her daughter was murdered and yeah. and these pictures show up on the television yeah. for everyone to see her poor naked daughter drowned. Yeah. I mean, that is... That is a lot, and for someone to come in and then take her room apart. I mean, not that they need to build but a you've got shrine. To, but, but that's but that's also but where's you got to ask where's Stan coming from? He 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 feels he has felt completely emasculated by this entire um, entire uh, incident. Mm-hmm. He feels like he, it's again. He feels like he has no control and that he's done nothing because he there's nothing right. he can do there's nothing left well that's not true that there's nothing he could do well there yes was, they, they flirted with that they and did. of course and now and now Mitch is starting to flirt with that as she sort of she's getting a little in. shady and they said some really hurtful things to each other uh yeah but so but just just but I think that 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 it was just about doing something to move forward or doing something and so he packed up her room and but then yes, I understand co- it was symbolic of like what yes, just trying to do something. The the mom sitting in that room is symbolic of her, you know, sort of sitting in this moment of just agony. Yeah, that he felt like she's not here anymore. We've yeah. got to just she doesn't need a bedroom. Well, she but that's need really this. important that you say that because I mean that was really set up in the early. Uh, stages of the episode where it was like Mitch was MIA, you know, right. like uh, stands in the cooking the breakfast, the mm-hmm. kids are breaking stuff, Terry's coming in, she um, gets distracted, uh, you know, by, the, by the, the news and the boys are left in the car with it running inside the garage, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, and the way that Mitch told, uh, that Terry told Stan, you almost felt like there could be this like post-traumatic post, uh, uh, tra- stress sort of suicide or you know a murder of the other kids like it was as if Stan like almost thought like for a second what did she intend to do it is she got is she really losing her mind you know see but I expected him just to kind of blow up at her and then I was going to be upset about it and Mm. he didn't so it was like okay good yeah I thought he was going to kind of blow up at her I thought it was an honest mistake yeah, no, it absolutely was. It was completely an honest mistake. Yeah. But just the way that the way, when Terry told him yeah, and the way that she just said... I don't want you to be mad at her. I don't want you to be mad at her. Yeah, that kind of, I guess that... But the way that she said it, 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 was, it was just as if... As if she had just walked away as opposed to forgotten about them. Right. The, the reality, though, of losing his two kids is so, like real and you know like yeah. the, the reality of you know you go god I could have been killed you know or some I almost got in a car accident and could have been killed you know what I mean you have that kind of moment of like you know yeah but for him it's like she almost killed your boys oh god yeah you know like that just that feeling of I mean it's it's just so present for him and then um uh, there was that interesting moment between the two of them before they had the discussion Terry and Stan where I was wondering if something was going to come up about Terry and you know what happened at the wake and that sort of that thing about her oh, that we're still waiting right. to find out what the truth is if that was her earlier in the in the mm-hmm. season with, I think it was with yeah. um with the young kid I'm I'm I st- I'm starting to doubt it now that that was her because I'm sure Stan would have said something by now No but there is something know. else going on between Terry and that kid's dad for whatever happened you know the funeral the was only 2 days ago though for yeah. them 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we're watching this in super slow mo. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's just the other thing is that they so they were in that room after she took her room apart, and um, and and Mitch says they're uh, you know they they're gonna arrest the teacher soon. Yeah, she's really honing in on the teacher. Yeah, she's she's gonna. That made me nervous in the same way that. Oh, it his, makes me really nervous. His buddy at the garage makes me nervous. Yeah. The way that they kind of almost egg him on a little, yeah. like, I don't know, you know. They set the Stan character up to have had this very dark past, and it sort of feels like everybody's watching him and trying to get him to put his finger back on that trigger. You know, like everyone mm. wants him to be the henchman again. And um, I think it's just like a, a test of like how close is he going to get? How close is he going to get? And is it actually going to go yeah, down? Yeah. So anyway, she they said some really strict things. Or Nasty thing. Please harmful. stop playing the blame game. Yeah. He, she said, you know, you let her stay home. And then that weekend. that weekend that she died. Yeah. And he said, Well, maybe she wouldn't hide things from us if you weren't so strict. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is at this is at the point really when the episode goes into overdrive. We're getting really close to the percussion coming in under the end and driving us home. I was home just gonna say that to the our... music starts again yeah. right when they say that to each yeah. other. You know what that though, the two of them kind of blaming each other and sort of getting in that that felt normal to me. Like that felt like oh, I've, yeah. I've been waiting for that. Yeah, moment. it had to happen at some point. That it's they horrible, were gonna... but it had to had to come. I thought it was premature to have that moment of them kind of almost sleeping together. Before yes, well, this. Uh, well, yeah, but I, it's just they handled it correctly because they didn't. It, right. we, it was never going to work. Just interestingly, on the um, here in the studio, we're at the moment where on the the TV where Richmond just punches the mirror, and this this is the sh- this to me is the like this is the shattering of. And is that his wedding band? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the sh- the shattering of of what has been going on inside everyone in the episode in mm-hmm. at this moment. Everything kind of so fr- from here we 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 cut to the news where. Mm. We're hearing about violence and vandalism is on the increase after the link between the, the between the the, the, the terrorism uh, potential terrorism plot or investigations and Ahmed and so we're seeing it is really Shakespearean actually because and I hate oh, I hate Jesus. to say this but in the in the way that in in a Shakespearean play when stuff starts going wonky in Macbeth or Hamlet the natural order of things is disturbed and you start seeing stuff go wrong in society everywhere and we see in shots of next week's episode vandalism you know anti like racist hate sort of um, stuff about Muslims whatever well let's finish this up well, and then we'll, we'll get yeah, into predictions I, I know but it's just it's just the, the point is is that we're seeing it on the news that it's spreading right. to the world around them within Richmond's like release it to the press Jack and Sarah have their fight about um, the stuff being leaked Mitch and Stan play the blame game the mayor's rich um, um, the mayor's mistress is caught on TV. Richmond takes that in. Lyndon and Holder have their moment coming together, and we get our little bit of hook, of narrative hook for next week, where he's like, "I've tapped Ahmed's phone. Well, Let's yeah, go and, and listen." And that's what he's been doing when he was being, you know, put aside, right. kicked aside like a lap dog, like is a that lap what? dog. Yeah. yeah, Mitch. Um, um, and then Mitch starts putting together, but uh, this is still going further into the mont- that final montage. Um, Mitch starts putting uh, uh, Rosie's room, uh, unpacking it and right. putting stuff back up on the walls. And then hold her and, um, and, and, and just, then to get the phone yeah, call. Putting her back together. <clears throat> so then they get the phone call where uh, we see Chrissy, Amber, watching Ahmed on the phone say, and he says something in, in Arabic. And then he says, um, the passports will be arriving tomorrow. Don't worry about the police. They don't know anything. So that's, it that's, could just be. The music said it's like high point there, the drum beat going. Yeah, yeah. and it, it could, it, it sounds to me like someone who was wanting to skip the country, right? 
Yeah. So so we know now that this this whatever this plot they think is going on has to do with passports, et cetera. So then hearing Ahmed say passports, we immediately tie those two things together mm. and go, okay, so this does have something to do with him. It could be unrelated though, if they want to, you know, boot that terrorist thing out and have it just be a minor distraction. Uh, do we have any I really do. I really am interested in in what you mentioned about about trafficking. Oh yeah, human trafficking. Well, what that she said though, you know, are the passports are they Caucasian girls and the and the people, uh, the FBI. This was at the meeting that we didn't yeah. discuss where Sarah is sort of like, just totally uh, overrun yep. by these guys. Where uh, she says are they Caucasian girls and they say no, they aren't really Caucasian girls. They're mostly not. And um, and then she also says, uh, you know, they're like, do we do you have any more information? And she goes. Uh, no, you have everything. You have everything I, of mine. And they also say, well, you know, we don't want to tell you anymore because they're worried about the leak. Yep. Turns out the leak's her son. And so, and so the so the fact that they're not all Caucasian girls would indicate that it was more uh, potentially a, a terrorist that's, thing because Caucasian girls are what are, who are going to be trafficked out to Asia, whatever. Right. Wherever that, I mean, um, it all happens here in Los Angeles as well. I mean, you know, but everywhere, everywhere. Uh, yeah, Caucasian girls can just be trafficked from one state to the next within the United States. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter, but, but, and but, anybody can. But plenty of you know foreign girls as well, so it could anybody. work both ways. So who, who knows? Uh, but Jeepers, what a what an engrossing, superb. Stop it! Did you just say Jeepers? Did I? Yes. I don't know. Did I? <laughs> What's wrong How with Jeepers? How could possibly have a conversation about something so serious with you using the word Jeepers? Jeepers, Creepers, wow. Kids, that I, was an amazing... Why don't you go check on Wally and the Beeve, Mrs. Cleaver? <laughs> Christ. Well, will you agree that it was an extraordinarily... Yes, can we talk... Oh, yes. What? No, 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 what? what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about predictions for next All week. All right, well, let's I'm take a commercial break. We'll come back and we'll do predictions. Okay. Want to find out what the after buzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This yes. is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. It's television and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's Shakespearean. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. Find out why After Buzz TV is the number one source for after show content. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy... Nucky is a villain. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. 424 I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Your husband or your best friend? <laughs> the wig! The wig will come out. That wig. When the TV show is over, get your after buzz on. Yo, 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 we're back. <laughs> um, that's... Um... Let's not he's talk just about. trying to pull it back from every generation. He's going to try and use a little bit of a little so bit of bef- lingo. So before we wrap generation. things up, before we wrap things up tonight, let's just have a quick talk about um, what we think is going to happen next week. Katie, you seem to have uh, ideas. Well, I'm just very excited about it. Uh, we obviously see Amber goes to the cops. Yes. So- yeah, because she's now suspecting her own husband. Well, here's the thing. I'm not. I'm not sure it's it's necessarily about her. Uh, suspecting him of murder? No, no, it's not about the murder. It's no. about something that they're he and Muhammad are obviously up right. to because that's who he was talking about. Right. And we did see that. <clears throat> excuse me, that moment where Sarah has a gun out on someone, and you and I kind of we we paused it to try and find out who it was. It looked like the back of head of, the the back of the head of someone we hadn't seen before. So my guess is it's Muhammad. I don't know. It looked like a light haired guy though, and you don't. Picture it was a shaved head. It was yeah. a shaved head, and I think uh, it was Muhammad. Regardless, that is Sarah's my prediction. S- okay. 
So you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> here's what. Here's the thing, though, about Chrissy going to cops. Um, that's that's Amber. <laughs> I mean Amber. Thanks, Jesse. Sorry, Amber going to the cops. <laughs> you know, Ahmed really messed up here. Bennett, I mean, oh, he really messed up here yeah. because he's pushing her away. He he was like, you know, yelling at her when yeah. he was in the house. He needs because he's not allowed. We did we didn't talk about it. he's got kicked out of school basically. As right, well. so he's not supposed to be going to work. Although we do see that he goes back to the yeah. school yeah. at some point. He goes back to the school. Um, yeah. you know, Chrissy Amber, I mean. He's pushing her away. Yeah. He's getting mad at her and stuff, and he really needs to kind of pull her close. Because well, you see, here's the thing. I think that she's expendable to him. I know that she's carrying his kid, but I think yeah. that I don't think he really. He's loves obviously her that a much. shady weirdo. Regardless of the of killing or passports or any of this talk, yeah. it could totally be turn out to be legit and legal, and he could go back to teaching. But I don't think he should because he's obviously a creep. Um, and that's my opinion of this man. Yeah. No, he's he's, a, he's something dodgy about him. The other thing that happens is we see that uh, Mitch is hot on the on the trail of this teacher. She really is not happy about, you know, what they've been doing. She doesn't think she, she has. She has a crack at Stan, doesn't she? She says, "This guy killed our son, killed our daughter, and, and you, you let, let him, him go. go," which shows us wh- how upset she was. You know, the episode when Stan disappeared with this guy. Mm. She was upset, but maybe somewhere in there, she was she was hoping that Stan would take matters into his own hands. They weren't yeah. doing anything. Well, I think she all she cares about is... Or she's been pushed to that point. At least yeah, well, she, she she just needs to focus on someone. And, like, it's about responsibility, you yeah. know? I mean, this, that's what this, this this whole episode is about, about, you know, responsibility, blame, acceptance, yeah. forgiveness. That's a lot of... Those four things. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's true. It's also about Nazism, as we... No, no. Okay, listen, though. The uh, she did say also, and I think this goes back to my day eight rantings. Yes, she says to Sarah, you know, she's like, and you haven't done anything. You haven't yeah. caught the guy. Yeah, she's like, he's still out there. You haven't caught him. It's been eight days. I mean, I don't. I know every day the person gets farther and farther away. Like it gets less likely that you'll get that it'll him, be yeah. solved. Yeah, but I still feel like some of this stuff takes time. You know, you really gotta to pin someone down. What we're also gonna see a lot of Adams, Mayor Adams, pushing the murder issue. Trying to work really hard to take the spotlight off himself and yeah. connect uh, Darren with this murder. Yeah, yeah. In any way he can, because you see, you see that Darren's office has been vandalized at this point. Oh uh, yes, it yep. looks like. And then when and when Ahmed's in in school, we see uh, we see killer mm-hmm. uh, behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then and then in in Darren's office, it says kill the Muslims. Right. So we can see, like, I don't know, there's, yeah. there's the way that, that I don't know, there's, it's coming together. Uh, there's also, I'm hoping at least, um, I'm hoping that they're going to, since I, I really don't believe that it's Bennett. No, neither do I. You know, it's just too soon to have really pinned it on this person, I but think, they're yeah. they're throwing a lot of information about him at us, yeah. making him look very suspicious. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing some more little seeds planted about who these other people are in Stan's life. Yeah. You know? And in and in you know yeah that's the only thing I need I, I want more of right now but other potential suspects because mm-hmm. I feel like like uh, Ahmed is so obviously the obvious one and so obviously not it yeah this that it's like just not you... it and I'm just wondering who right now who could it be that was chasing her through those woods right I, I need to you know well, you know what's lovely about this this uh, show is um, not a lot of recognizable faces in terms mm. of the actors. Yeah. And on a lot of shows, I watch an episode of Criminal Minds and the first recognizable person I see, I go, that person did it. 
whatever it is, they'll go off and do other, you know, subsidiary yeah. characters. But yeah. they'll always come back. Yeah. They'll always come back to the yeah. guy, the guest star. Yeah. And then it's like that guy's guilty or that guy is. So they have the most screen time. Right. Which is why they booked them. Yep. <laughs> Okay, not to get weird actory, but legitimately, not a lot of familiar faces. I don't, I don't no. feel a weight of any of these people in terms of like how much time they're going to get in front of this camera. Yep, absolutely. So I think that's really, really good. But I yep. do want to see those seeds. Yeah, well, I'm sure that they'll give them to us. Um, and oh, and we're going to see Holder talking to the judge. Yes. That he said he's really close with. Oh yeah, yeah. If you don't uh, sign with this, the, yeah, with the tapping. If with, you don't sign this, Rosie Larson's killer goes free. Yeah, and obviously because and and, and that's what becomes apparent as well with the FBI getting involved is that this this case and why why it is so important to solve it soon because it could get taken away from them. Yep. Literally taken away from them. It already them. has been. And, and, yeah, and that's so, what Oak said. He yeah. was sort of like. It's out of our hands. It's not our case anymore. And Sarah obviously cannot handle that because no. neither can Holder apparently because he went behind everybody's back and did this tap thing because he's still invested. Yeah, yeah. And then they walk free, you know. But so. we'll find out what kind of little, you know, thing is developing between these two characters. I feel like these two are now on the same page. Sorry, and, Sarah and, um, and Stephen. Yeah, they're on the same page now. I think they're real. This is this is them as a team. He drives now. Just right. interesting. He says, I'm going to take the, the wheel. Mm -hmm. And that's a new development. And I think that's going to definitely uh, their, their case-solving kind of yeah. success is going to move up exponentially. But do you think we're going to see a little bit of romantic interaction between the two of these at, characters? Are they setting it up for that? I, at this point, I don't think so. To me, it feels... Um, it, to me, it feels work-related. I don't know. I feel like they might connect now that she's sort of been let in on and he says what you see is what you get and, you know, he's he realizes he's exposed and and she knows it and and now it's sort of... Yeah. I don't know. It feels They're very vulnerable together. They are, but I... He knows a lot about her situation, too, because Rick... Yeah. Know, all her dealings with Rick. I don't know. I... I uh, we'll see. And he always talks about Jack. What's up with the little man? Certainly anything's possible. There's no doubt about right, it. So I'm not, we'll not seeing it right now, but we will... Uh, I will watch. It might detract from the actual. That uh, I, I feel it would be. Um, it's not like they're terrorists or anything. They're throwing no. a random terrorist plot in. No, that's right. They that's wouldn't right. do that on the show. Anyway, uh, just a super episode, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That brings us to uh, an end of uh, the end of AfterBuzz TV tonight for the Killing Season One, Episode Eight, Day Eight, Stonewalled. Um, thank you so much, Katie. Thanks, Thanks Paul. very much, DJ. Jess, uh, yes, I'm Paul Ashton. You're you've been watching on Ustream or listening to on iTunes and other podcast favorite places to get podcasts. Tell your friends. Tell, Tell your friends. friends about After Buzz. Uh, we're here every week. Thanks very much for and watching call or listening. Us. And feel free to call in next week too. Au revoir. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later, sorry. <laughs> the views are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.